2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 to 15. Hear the word of the Lord. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray that you would take your word by your Holy Spirit and plant it deep in our hearts and bring about change in accordance with your will and for the glory of our Christ, in whose name that we pray, amen. You may be seated. This past week, I was up in Augusta at the Georgia Baptist Convention, and I got to hear Tony Evans preach one of the messages. And if you know Tony Evans, he is a master at illustration. And weaving together these beautiful practical illustrations to come right out of the text and back into the text to explain the Word of God. And years ago, uh, we heard him give an illustration about the, the importance of the Word of God and, and all of the Word of God being uh, the food that we need. And he said that he grew up in a home where his mother required of all the children to eat a little bit of everything. So whether it was green beans or broccoli or Brussels sprouts or chicken or mashed potatoes, whatever it was, Everybody was responsible to get a little bit of it because all of it was, was good, and it was good for you. And he talked about how he loved the banana pudding but didn't like the Brussels sprouts, but his mother always reminded the children that all of it was good. And the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Ephesian elders, reminded them that he did not shrink back from declaring to them anything that was profitable. In fact, he did not shrink back from declaring to them the whole counsel of God. So we know that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
And you say, well, Pastor Calvin, why are you reminding us of these things that we know? We know that, the, that all of the scriptures is good for us, and we know that, that, uh, that at Bull Street, we don't shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God. And I say this to remind us that the text that we just read is probably one of those passages that we might just want to skip over. I mean, the passage is dealing with a problem in the congregation that was probably uh, just less than a handful of people were the perpetrators, were the offenders, were the ones who had gone astray. Less than a handful. And as I look at it in our congregation, I can say, I can't even come up with a handful of the people that might be walking in idleness in the way that this describes. And yet what is interesting about this in the seven commands that we're going to be looking at in this passage, five of the commands are to members in the body of Christ who are walking in faithfulness. And two are to the members in the body of Christ who are not walking in faithfulness, who are walking in idleness. The majority is for the faithful. How to deal with idleness in the church of Jesus Christ properly. And it was a challenge in Thessalonica when he was there planting the church, it was a challenge. And as the church was established, it continued to be a challenge. And Paul kept hearing that it was a challenge. There were some brothers, and it could have been because of their misunderstanding of the second coming of Christ. They were not doing what they should have been doing. They were not working. They were not providing for themselves. They were mooching off of other believers in the body of Christ. They were eating other people's bread and not eating the bread that they had worked faithfully to provide for themselves and for their families. Maybe they thought that toil and labor in the same way that the Greek mindset thought that it was beneath them. That was for the lesser people. And yet Paul had instructed that if you're not willing to work, then you don't eat. So I want to give us instructions for the majority of the church family who are living as responsible members of the body of Christ. Here are the first five instructions. And remember, this is our responsibility. This is, these are commands to the church of the Lord Jesus. Number one, avoid every brother who is walking in idleness. Look at verse six. Now we command you, brothers, remember this is an apostolic command. He's saying, we command you brothers. This is in the context of family, in the context of the church. But watch this. Now we command you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is an authoritative command in the name and in the authority of Christ. 
that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. So somebody who's walking in idleness is he's not walking in accord with the tradition that Paul delivered to the people when he planted the church at Thessalonica. He's saying, you need to withdraw from, you need to keep your distance from, you need to avoid every brother who's walking in idleness. Well, let's define idleness first. See, it's more than just being lazy and inactive. It's being undisciplined. It's living irresponsibly and disorderly. So here's a definition that flows out of the context of the passage. It's an ungodly unwillingness. How about that? An ungodly unwillingness to work hard to provide for your own needs so that you're not a burden on others and bring reproach on the gospel of the Lord Jesus. An ungodly unwillingness to provide for your own needs and you become a burden and you bring reproach upon the name of Christ. See, we're blessed to be a blessing, not blessed to be a burden. And Paul says, avoid every brother who's walking in idleness. One particular commentator said it this way, described idleness as a parasitic lifestyle that takes advantage of the kindness of fellow believers. This is what happens when somebody thinks that work is beneath them or they think that work is unholy, they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. They're not thinking in the way of Christ. They're they're not walking in accordance with the tradition that was delivered, not walking in accordance with the scriptures. They begin to live a parasitic lifestyle that takes advantage of the kindness of fellow believers. Remember, this is in the context of the church family. We're not talking about homelessness. We're not talking about sharing money. See, the church was characterized by being very generous and sharing and meeting the needs of everybody in the body. So Paul was reminding them that everyone has a responsibility to provide for their own needs and not mooch off of the body. In our vision statement, it says we, we want to be a, a community of faith that where no one is destitute because of the gracious and generous sharing of the body, but also where no one is idle because of faithful shepherding and discipling. And our deacons took up that line in the vision statement to help develop a benevolence program to share with those in our church family who find themselves needing help. 
And maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they've lost an opportunity. Maybe they've, they've been hurt and they're not able to work. And so we are so glad to help one another and share with one another and bear those burdens with one another. But that's not what this is talking about. This isn't talking about unemployment. This isn't talking about somebody in the congregation who's fallen on hard times. This is talking about an ungodly unwillingness to work. Members in the body saying, I'm not going to work. No, I'm, I, I'll lead off of your plate. You provide for me. There's an attitude in it that Paul is correcting. So number one, avoid every brother who's walking in idleness, verse six. Number two, imitate the apostolic example of faithfulness. Look at verses seven to nine. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. Literally, you yourselves know that it is necessary to imitate us. Because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor. This is hard work. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. Paul is saying, no, it's, it's right that you provide for those who are laboring among you in the gospel, but we didn't avail ourselves of that right because we wanted to provide for you an example to imitate. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we see this verse 1. For you yourselves know, brothers, verse 2, but though we had already suffered and you had been shamefully treated at Philippi as you know, and verse five, for we never came with words of flattery as you know, with nor with pretext for greed. God is witness. In verse nine through 12, for you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Notice the intentionality of exemplary living so that they would have an example to imitate that was worthy of the kingdom of God. He says, you know this. When we were with you, you know this. God is witness. We lived among you in a way that exemplified. It was worthy of the kingdom of God, and we laid an example for you so that you would imitate that example. So number two, imitate the apostolic example of faithfulness. And number three, don't associate with a brother walking in idleness. Turn back to verse 14. 
chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians. Verse 14, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Don't associate with the brother walking in idleness. Have nothing to do with him. A.T. Robertson, the, the great Southern Baptist grammarian, said this, few things in our churches are more difficult of wise execution than the discipline of erring members. And really, that's what this passage is about. It's about church discipline, not excommunication. That's not what Paul is dealing with. But the discipline of the family. When somebody is walking in an undisciplined manner, then the body of Christ is responsible to help them come back into walking in a disciplined manner, in a way that honors Christ, in a way that is worthy of the kingdom of Christ. John Piper says this, if a person has been disciplined or or warned in the appropriate way and presses on in his error, we are not to go on hobnobbing with him as if nothing were wrong. We are to say to the professing brother, you know I love you and would love it if our lives could be woven together more closely. But as long as you live like this, I can't act as if things were normal. I don't think we should get together anymore until you change your ways. Otherwise, it looks as if nothing is at stake. The principle seems to be, Piper says, if you can, seek for redemptive ways to be separate without writing a person off as an unbeliever. Now, the context is speaking about a brother who is not willing to work. He's, he's not willing to walk in the way that is honoring to Christ in a manner worthy of the kingdom. And so he's being exhorted. He's, he's being warned. But we could apply this really to any way in the body of Christ when one of us begins to walk in an undisciplined manner to walk in a a disorderly manner, a way that is not consistent with the gospel, not consistent with the scriptures. And so in love, we come alongside one another and help each other begin to walk in a disciplined manner. That's really what church discipline is all about. It's restorative. It helps us begin to walk in a way that's, that commends the gospel to the world rather than tarnishing the gospel, bringing reproach upon the name of our Lord Jesus, his reputation and reputation of his church. So don't associate with a brother walking in idleness. Now this takes wisdom, this takes courage, This takes faithfulness among the body of Christ, and that's why these five commands that we're looking at are to the faithful members of the body of Christ. Don't associate with a brother walking in idleness. Number four, 
Don't treat a brother walking in idleness like an enemy. Treat him like a brother by admonishing him. Don't treat a brother walking in idleness like an enemy. Treat him like a brother by admonishing him. Look at verse 15. He says this, do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Multiple times, in fact, chapter three, verse six, now we command you brothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you keep away from any brother. Verse 13, as for you brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. The context is the family. We're not dealing with people outside of the church. We're dealing with the members of the body of Christ, the church family. And we're responsible for one another. Paul says, don't treat a brother like an enemy, treat him like a brother by warning him, by admonishing him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, Paul says this, and we urge you brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. See, it's our responsibility to be patient with one another and to admonish one another and to hold one another accountable to walk in the way of Christ laid out in the scriptures. But we have a tendency to, when we get bothered with somebody, when they irritate us, we, we treat them like an enemy rather than a brother. I think we could also go this way and say, if we won't warn them as a brother, then we are treating them like an enemy. And many times that's the way we treat one another in the body of Christ because we refuse to warn each other. We refuse to hold each other accountable. We don't like conflict, it's too hard, and so we refuse to do it, and in, in so doing, we treat one another like enemies. The most loving thing to do would be to come alongside one another and admonish each other and warn each other like brothers because we're family. We belong to Christ and we belong to one another and we have a responsibility towards one another. And that's what Paul is bringing out. But the fifth command brings it all together in our responsibility as the body of Christ. And it's this from verse 13. Don't grow weary in doing what is right. Don't grow weary, brothers, in doing good, in doing what is right, what is beneficial for the other person and what is beneficial for the body of Christ. See, we have a responsibility and it's easy to grow weary, to grow discouraged. We could be discouraged in our being faithful and working hard ourselves when others are not. We could grow weary and discouraged 
We could grow weary and discouraged in avoiding those, obeying the scripture and avoiding those who are unwilling to work. They're unwilling to work and provide for themselves and they're taking advantage of fellow believers. They're presuming upon the kindness of their fellow believers and yet we could grow weary in avoiding them. Oh, it's just easier to treat them like there's nothing wrong. I love what Piper said. He was saying, but as long as you live like this, I can't act as if things are normal. That's hard. And we can grow weary in avoiding those who are unwilling to work. We could also grow weary in admonishing them as brothers and not treating them as enemies. It's easier to treat them like enemies. It's harder to admonish them, to warn them as brothers, to be responsible, to rely upon Christ, to, to trust his wisdom and his timing in coming alongside one another and helping one another walk in the way of Christ. So those are the five commands for the majority of the church family who are living as responsible members of the body of Christ. And here are the two commands for the few among the church family who are walking in idleness and not in accordance with the example set by the apostles. So here's the instructions for the, the handful or the less than the handful. Number six, if you're unwilling to work, you are not to eat. Look at verse 10. Paul says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Now again, this is not unemployment. This is not a member of the body of Christ who has fallen on hard times. This is not someone who is providentially hindered. This is someone who is walking in an ungodly unwillingness. They, they will not work. They could work but they won't work because they're presuming upon the kindness of the other members of the body of Christ. They're presuming upon grace. They're presuming upon the generosity of the body of Christ. They're living a parasitic lifestyle, as one, commenta one commentator said. And Paul says, if you're unwilling to work, you're not to eat, period. But the second command and the final, this is number seven, work quietly and eat your own bread. Eat off of your own plate, is what he says. Verses 11 to 12. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ. We command and encourage in Jesus' name to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. It's to do their work with a, a settled quietness in the inner man, to trust the Lord, to walk in his ways, to work hard with their hands, provide for their needs, and to earn their own living. 
And Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. He said that you're to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. It really, it has to do with our Christian witness. Has to do with the functioning of the body of Christ. Loving one another and caring for one another. So the instruction is, if you're unwilling to work, you're not to eat. You're to work quietly and eat your own bread. And if you persist in that, then the body of Christ is responsible to avoid you as you walk in idleness. The body has a responsibility to imitate the apostolic example of faithfulness. They have the responsibility to not associate with a brother who's walking in idleness. But they're not to treat you like an enemy. They're to admonish you and warn you as a brother. And they're to persist in it. They're to endure, not to grow weary in doing what is right and good and beneficial for everyone. Now, one application that we could make is with our spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, that we have all been given gifts and we have a responsibility to serve with faithfulness. So in other words, if we are, if we are able and not providentially hindered, then we are to serve the Lord faithfully with the gifts that we have been given. Because remember, the gifts are not for ourselves, therefore, the building up the body of Christ. And so if we are unwilling to serve and we're unwilling to build up the body of Christ, then we hinder the growth and maturity of the body of Christ. We're depending upon everybody else. We're coming just to be fed, but we're not serving and being faithful using the gifts that have been given for the body of Christ. We can apply this in multiple ways. It might not be just walking in idleness, but it could be walking in a manner that's inconsistent with the gospel, and it's a reminder that we have a responsibility to come alongside one another and to love one another and care for one another, that that's what it looks like in the family of God to love one another. Sometimes it's corrective. Sometimes it's coming alongside to help members who have erred to begin walking in faithfulness and in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. And remember, because the gospel's at stake, because the reputation of Christ is at stake, because our witness, not only among ourselves, but our witness in the community that the Lord has placed us is at stake. So let's look to the Lord. Let's remember our responsibility and let's be faithful in obedience. Remember, this may be the Brussels sprouts and the broccoli that we were talking about. This may not be the banana pudding to you this morning, but it's all good for us and it's all necessary. And the word of God is profitable for us. So let's hear the Word of God as the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Word. 
And even if we didn't think we needed this, we receive it from you, believing that we do need it. So help us this morning. Help us to receive your word. Help us to apply your word to our lives by your spirit. And help us guard the reputation of Jesus right here in the family of God and in our community as we faithfully come alongside each other to help one another walk in discipline and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.